0: Hey everyone, this week on the Strawberry Boys, we are presenting part two of our two-part interview with a special guest who was generous enough to give us a goldmine of debaucherous stories from his time in the Cargate community. Stay tuned and enjoy.
1: When we went to, again, I took the one-day trip back from, um, back from uh, Georgia, we went to stay at the Xavier Roberts place because he had this resort next to it called Villagia. Mm-hmm. And they had swimming pools and other recreational things. And I'm sure we got it cheap because it was a warm month and people weren't going to Georgia. So we go in and we're going to tour the Cabbage Patch Doll Museum. And I go into this place and the attendants are dressed as nurses. Mm -hmm. And they have a preemie ward with Cabbage Patch babies and little old real incubators. And then they're a little older and they're doing something else. And I'm walking around looking at this thing and almost losing it. I'm laughing so hard. Mm -hmm. So we all bought nurses outfits, Cabbage Patch nurses outfits. And we go into the next room, which was an adoption room. And this little girl was adopting a cabbage patch doll. And mom was there dabbing at her eyes, tearing a little. And there was a guy in a suit with the adoption papers and a nurse dressed, you know, holding the baby out. The girl's dad was there with a VHS camera over his shoulder back when they took all tapes, cigarette hanging out of his mouth because it was the eighties. And I'm watching this and I walked up to the, to the mother and I said, Have you told her yet that the baby's father is a radish? (laughs) And at that point, (laughs) security said you have to leave, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You are banned. So we had, had, uh, on the way down, you talked about stopping at flea markets and so forth. We stopped Mm -hmm. at a lawn sale where I found a $2 polyester wedding dress. And my guess is that the bride must have been in third plus trend, uh, trimester by the time she had to wear this thing. Okay, so, yeah, because it fit me. Now I was mm-hmm. a lot thinner then, but nevertheless, it was not. It was surprising that I would fit in this wedding dress. Mm-hmm. So I'm there with Matt, you know, the guy who had driven the Rambler down, and we paid a guy five bucks. The guy who was driving a garbage truck five dollars to drive into the middle of the show field for the car show. And we were hanging on the back on the hang bars, you know, where garbage men ride a garbage truck. So I'm in the wedding dress. He's in a corset (laughs) that isn't quite long enough with his dick flopping out. Oh my God. And we wind up at the car show Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everybody decides they look at the cars. And after so what, so we're all going to go to the pool. Well, we go to the pool and I'm swimming there, and I decide to do my Shelley Winters impression. And I'm saying, this is high. It means life. And I dive down, just like the movie. Well, I'm coming up, David, and I got caught in the train. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy oh, no! Oh, no. Oh, how oh, no. do I get out of this? I don't want an obit to say, you know, was asphyxiated in a pool from the train of his polyester wedding dress. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. Managed to bat it out of the way. And I got up and I'm sitting there panting. Meanwhile, a comes over and he says to me, follow me. So we go back to our room and he has one of those paper disposable cameras they used to sell. In other words, a one use camera, you take the pictures and you bring it back to the, you know, the photo place or the drugstore or camera store. And then they develop the pictures and hand you your pictures back. Camera got thrown away. So, What I found out was there was this guy who was really into, who turned him down. And he said to me, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in you because you're not successful enough. I want somebody who's more successful. Okay. You did not say this to me. So said, grab the camera. He says, come on, we're going back to the room. And we're tossing it back and forth, taking dick pics of each other. Okay. And without saying anything, just put it back on his the guy's blanket at the lounge chair where he was. And uh-huh. we're talking about it later. And I said to him, I said, well, did you get any good shots this week? And he said, I got a couple. And I, he said, well, when I go home, I'll give it to mom and she'll take it to Walmart and pick up the pictures.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we never heard. After that, oh but, no, <laughs> I was lucky because very relatively few people developed color at home in those days. It was, and you could go anywhere and find a place that would develop film. And in the local mall, they used to have machines where when they developed the film. The pictures would come chugging out on this layer, little conveyor belt, and then go past the window. So you could watch people's pictures like, oh, there's the doggy, and, you know, Sammy's christening and so on and so forth. Well, when I went into the store, I would have to tell them, you're turning off the conveyor belt for this role. And there was this sort of punk rock girl who worked there, and she used to come in and say, do you have any more penis pictures for me? and i said it was a great weekend we got loads oh my
0: god
1: see now nobody thinks about that because it's all digital nope there's no third party
0: <laughs> right of course that you can you can curate the dick pics yourself yeah. you don't have to worry about someone else and, developing and them and one of
1: the guys who was a very avid photographer in this club recently came across uh, several piles of pictures from this era and we were all saying mm-hmm. we don't have a digital footprint from that time let's keep it that way yeah honestly yeah
0: <laughs> save it for like an archive but not not don't upload to the internet yeah, and or there was
1: another group of people who were um i'll just say completely and totally out there a subgroup of this club and they used to drive around <gasps> In a nineteen seventy one Miller Meteor ambulance, with a one ten inverter in the back to run their daiquiri blender. Mm-hmm. So, and they we went out to like a medical supplies place. They got nursing outfits, and they all bought new, brand new, uh, uh, for, you know, brand new enema bags. So they would mm-hmm. fill the enema bags with the daiquiris and come out, you know, drinking their daiquiris in the parking lot as the enema nurses. Uh huh, <laughs> and. Around that time, uh, I had purchased a 1962 Imperial, which was a huge luxury car. And they weren't that much money. You know, in today's Mm -hmm. money, it would have been like maybe eight grand, okay? Which for a really nice Mm -hmm. car, you know, isn't that much. You know, it might be six cars with a crowd I hang out with with Duke, but it wasn't that much. This was in perfect condition. The seller had not told me that it had a bad carrier bearing, figuring Mm -hmm. I'd figure this out. Well, what happened was the seller was flying in from another city. So we went to pick him up. We, meaning myself, who was one of the photographers and was in like, uh, you know, like some Central European peasant woman outfit, you know, complete with like burlap sack. And I was in my um, realtor drag that I got somewhere and with some other, with hats. And then two other guys went with us who were in full leather. So one of whom was a policeman and the other one was an engineer. So at any rate, we go down to Philly airport. Now in those days, nobody gave a shit really about screening. Yeah. They had a metal detector and, but the guys never looked. So, And you could all walk right up to the gate. You did not have to be a ticket holder, which was Mm kind of nice because, you know, when long lost uh, mom comes back, the whole family was there waiting at the gate as opposed to outside. Well, Mm -hmm. so we show up and instead of the sign, you know, here we are, we're all holding up hubcaps and he gets Uh, uh gets off the plane and everybody is looking like at this visage and like, who's going to go to this one? And you could just see the color drain from his face, and it was like, "Well, welcome to Philadelphia. We're having the meet up in uh, We're having the meet up in New Hope, which was at that point a gay mecca, one of the one of several in the United States. So, one of so the leather engineer is driving the Imperial up I ninety five at about ninety miles an hour, while he's getting mm-hmm. blown." by the other leather guy the policeman and we're in the back seat and the guy who sold me the car and hadn't told me about the bearing is sitting in the middle uh-huh. and he can't say anything but here he is in this car doing 90 miles an hour while the driver is getting sucked off
0: oh my god <laughs> this is just ridiculous like I don't think I've ever had anything this wild happen to me.
1: Well, it also goes back to a couple of things, David. Is that generationally, the need to blow off steam isn't there. But the other uh-huh. thing too is that car people, and especially low end car people, you know, who go for mm-hmm. crap cars. The joke,
0: not the bougie, yeah, you know, not
1: the boot. No, definitely not bougie, and. And the the joke was, is that when they got the $1,200 payments, you know, during COVID is that for our gang, that's three cars.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And you
1: understand that.
0: I totally get that. Yeah. I can just imagine Duke now just like scrolling through Facebook marketplace being like, Oh yeah, I can get this car. You get this one, get this one, you know? So yeah. And that's what you did.
1: So yes. Related story is that I had a friend of mine who was an engineer in Virginia, and he had never done drag at meets before. And so we both started doing really shitty drag. OK, like not trying mm-hmm. to pretend we're women. This was just like having that course, terrible yeah. drag. So we both decided we needed shoes. Well, the problem is, if you're a guy, good luck finding shoes. Okay, maybe you can go to some stores where there might be large ladies. I had heard that if you go to a store in a black neighborhood, for instance, that there are large sizes, that that evidently was a thing. I had never heard of Mm -hmm. it. And so I said to him, I've got an idea. There is a drag slash transvestite slash trans department store in uh, the meatpacking district in New York, now long gone, called Lee's Mardi Gras. And they stocked shoes that we can fit in. And they used to run ads in gay newspapers that said shoes to fit a queen. Love that. We went to the New York auto show. We saw the cars. This was the era of the oval window Tauruses, which we laughed at because they were ugly as sin. And we finished. So we walked down. To ch- we walk down to the meatpacking district. I get to the address. It's this industrial building. They're like, what the hell is it? There's this industrial, you know, elevator door, you know, for like mm-hmm. taking insides of beef, maybe literally in this case. And I see a little white doorbell, and it just said LMG over it. And I said that mm-hmm. might be it. So I push the doorbell, and all of a sudden we hear clunk, <clears throat> clunk. And the door opens. It's one of those cage doors. And there's this strung out trans woman with a cigarette who looks at us and says, hi, girls, ready to go shopping? And we said, absolutely. So we get in, goes up, clunk. The doors open and it looks like a 1950s ladies department store with foundation garments and swimwear and sportswear and evening wear and They said, what are you looking for? Well, we want shoes. So we go back to the shoe department, which had the old fashioned, like 30s, 1940s, little wooden chairs with the rounded backs and the thing you'd put your foot on. And Mm -hmm. the lady who brought us up said, wake me up when you find something fabulous. And she put together three chairs and just conked out. So (laughs) this Irish guy comes up and I can't do the accent And he's asking us, what kind of heel do you want? And don't get too high a heel to begin and balance. And you're going to try. And what are you going to be using this for? And my friend said, well, we're going to be using these to drive around in our antique cars and drag. And he stared at him and I said, we need accelerator pumps. Mm -hmm. So we got, he got a pair of shoes. I got two pairs of shoes and I broke the first pair, which was pink with clear plastic insets and an open toe. And I broke the mm-hmm. fa- first pair doing a flamenco on a bar in Palm Springs on a old trip. And the second <laughs> uh-huh. one went when I was doing the electric slide in a bar in Lancaster.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that is just wild. Um yeah, and so one of my favorites, since I'm my, I'm getting to do Queer Boomer, you know, and I, when I describe these to people, like I use a Walter Brennan voice, like, when you young'uns weren't around, I remember the days when you could get fisted behind the Exxon station, and that's before they had them fancy lubes, we had to use Crisco and the tube of chapstick you found in the glove compartment, those were the real days, you know, back in, back in, my, in day. my day, yes, <laughs> so i was driving across you know pennsylvania across country and i was with my friend and we stopped at this christian uh, thrift store and we went mm-hmm. in and i saw this fuchsia and black metallic pantsuit and it said mm-hmm. one size fits all and i said i'm taking them up on their dare so I mm-hmm, bought this. Mm-hmm. I had the I still had the pink heels and I had like a gray wig, acetate gloves that you know went up to here. You know, they were armpit-length gloves. And the Imperials in that period had square steering wheels. And the idea mm-hmm. was is that unlike a round wheel, the square one was, you know, at the top wouldn't impede your view of the road. It was marketing bullshit. But the nice thing was right. you could hook one finger in the lower left corner and drive the car that way because the power mm-hmm. steering was so loose. So one of the guys in the group pulls into this McDonald's and I pull in after him and another group. And he says, well, I'm going in for lunch. And I said, well, I have to use the bathroom. I'm going in, too. And he says, I'm not going to go in when you go in. And so I said, OK, fine. So and I go into this place and behind me yelling more dainty, more dainty. And I saying, you try walking in these damn things. You know, I need more practice. And I got a standing ovation from everybody behind the counter. Well, I go into oh, the God. men's room and there's a guy there with a kid and I don't say a word. They don't say a word. I put the purse down, take off my gloves, go to the urinal. It's a pantsuit, easy to negotiate, come back, wash mm-hmm. up, dry my hands, fiddle with a wig, put on the gloves and I leave. So my friend following me and this guy is like big, macho, tall, you know, lumberjackish kind of guy. And the father Mm -hmm. is lecturing his son saying, I don't ever want to see you ever doing anything like that. And the kid's saying, oh, I promised it. I'd never do anything like that. And he turns to and he says, wasn't that the worst thing you ever saw? and Charlie nods and says yeah and I've been riding with her for the last 3 months. <laughs> so oh we're just beginning on this story because a couple of weeks I'm so I'm dining out on this one because it's a great story. And I'm at a friend's <laughs> party and I'm in a gr- small group of people and I tell the story and there's this one guy who starts getting really huffy. And he says <clears throat> Very funny. So mm-hmm. All right, who you know? It's like who put the sand in your lube. So, about two weeks later, I get a phone call from my friend, and he said, "I almost fell off the toilet laughing." And I said, "Okay, mm-hmm. what happened?" You looked down. He said, "No, no, not that." And he said, "I was reading Philadelphia Gay News, and there was this outraged editorial." about this guy who dresses up like Ethel Merman and was scaring straight people in men's rooms and how this is <laughs> the service to the gay community. And we're trying so hard to be accepted. And, you know, and my friend saying, you're a pariah, you're an embarrassment to us all.
0: Oh my God. I can't believe you made Philadelphia
1: gay yeah, news. I made PGN. I was an embarrassment. So, so of course that became the theme of another party.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. What? Wait. What was the theme? You know,
1: the embarrassment. The pariah. You're the pariah oh, right. in the community. Okay. So I like okay. I walked, and I... everybody would say, "Boo, boo." Okay, let's let's <laughs> let's get let's get some booze and have a good time. Of yeah. course, yes. So,
0: Figure out who can like do the thing that will make them the biggest embarrassment. Like who can top
1: what you've well, done? No, there, there, believe me, there were people who topped what I did. Uh, <laughs> there was one. one one person who was doing work. Uh, oh, God, I don't, I, th- I think this person's still alive, so I can't tell that story. Most of, most of the people, th- unfortunately, I'm talking about are dead. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those I can share with some names. And, uh, and I figure we're all going to hell anyway, which is what we've been told for years. So, might as well. Mm-hmm. We had one trip that we took out west. That I wound up getting sh- thrown out of Schepler's Western Wear because I was trying on Dale Evans outfits, and they had plus mm-hmm. size cowgirl numbers, and uh, one fit perfectly, including the hat. And so we were staying in a motel, and I got the sanitized for your protection strip as the hat brim, and mm-hmm. um, wound up riding around. Uh, this was in Denver. And we went, there was a Shriners convention in town where they had these collections of Shriners driving the bathtubs through the parking lot of the hotel, you know, of mm-hmm. the hats. We wound up going to a gay bar that night, and there were a bunch of Shriners who were there still in their little outfits and still with the hats on. And so the joke mm-hmm. was the next morning, okay, who got a Shriners hat on the bedpost? You know, I lucked out that night. <laughs> another friend did. And so that became known as Dances with Shriners. (laughs) Right, right, right. So, next (laughs) trip on this part on this trip was I was with a friend of mine who was now deceased, completely outrageous, had a voice like this and talked like this. And, you know, older Mm -hmm. guy, you know, believe me, was never going to be on the cover of Blue Boy. And he always had these twinks that he would bring around for these trips and he checked in and he said yes this is a reservation for mr and his co and his consort the contessa de vome <laughs> drama. drama the the absolute theatrics Well, the drama and the theatrics by the way this guy's fetish was he was into shaving so we were at one okay. of these meets and this guy passed out in the hallway stark naked and he said he'll wake up with a big surprise. Oh my God. No, no, he did so, not. So Yeah. In other words, the guy was minus a bird, had a shaved bird the next morning. Oh and my God. Had, out and had no memory of what the hell happened. And he's in the car yelling, <sighs> "The barber lives. <laughs> that,
0: I, that is inconceivable. That is, that is so funny.
1: Well, so we're in Las Vegas and we've checked in where at the luxor and this is when it was mm-hmm. fairly new and i we all i had an invocation to ra because we had to praise ra since we got a jacuzzi suite you know praise ra okay. who giveth uh, give us us the jacuzzi suite and so forth and i'm standing next to and this you know egyptian slave girl goes by with a tray full of vodka martinis and i said how could our ancestors have fled such opulence And he said, come, let us have the Luxor locks." So we went for bagels and locks in the coffee shop, which, again, they had another themed Egyptian slave boy coming in, you know, with with, the extra Bermuda onion. So he told us, he Uh said, I've got a great idea tonight. He said, I'm going to take you to see my favorite comedian. It was a lady named Pudgy. And she played Mm -hmm. uh, Atlantic City. He had a place in Atlantic City. He said, we're going to see Pudgy and have a great time. She has, you know, obviously a blue act and it was gay friendly. So we get there Mm -hmm. and it turns out Pudgy was canceled because she had had a car. She had had a coronary and Mm -hmm. they replaced it with a girly show called Crazy Girls. So now Mm -hmm. we have eight gay guys with front row seats at this girly show. And the comedian comes out and she's trying to warm up the audience and she's doing anything like, are there any birthdays? Are there any celebrations? Anybody have a celebration? So I raised my hand. She said, what's your celebration? And I said, it's the 37th anniversary of my bris. And she starts laughing and she said, how do you celebrate that? And I said, the drinks are great. Don't go near the hors (laughs) d'oeuvres. So by this point, she's laughing and she's doing jokes like she said, I have to wear a wonder bra and I'm old and I'm saggy. Why don't they have a wonder bra for men? And one of the guys yells, they do. It's called a Corvette. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, so the show starts. And they do like the mm-hmm. send up of Evelyn Nesbitt, you know, the lady on the swing. And she's sw- naked lady is swinging over the audience, which and they, mm-hmm. it was called Crazy Girls. And so the comic comes out to start the second act. And she points to me and she says, by this time, we're on a first name basis. What are you guys doing here? And I said, we came for Pudgy. We got stuck in a Bordens commercial. And so Mm -hmm. at the end of the show, she said, we have a special present for you. And she gave me an autographed poster of the crazy girls. So it's all Mm -hmm. of these these women who are in the spike heels, the 80s, you know, hair to heavens outfits and high cut single piece bathing suits. Mm -hmm. So one of the guys I was with is a custom framer. And he framed this crazy girl's poster for me. And for years, I hang, hung, hung it over my bed just to confuse dates. Okay, yeah. So, by the way, David, if you or any of your listeners have a teenage boy in your life who would really love to have hot-looking ladies in retro hair, you're welcome uh-huh. to that poster. It's been in my basement ever since I was married. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will, I'll, uh,
0: I'll put the message out for mm-hmm. them.
1: <laughs> well, and on, on another part of that tour was along for this one as well. And we were staying at one of those atrium hotels, you know, where there's two floors and uh, the center is where they have the cocktail lounge and so forth and the glass elevator. Well, um, earlier that afternoon, Actually, it was a previous trip a couple of years ago, early that afternoon, before we went to a cocktail hour. um, I'm -hmm. walking down the sidewalk sale with a friend of mine. And he says, you know, it's from me. I said, why don't you get that lovely dress? You could wear a dress tonight. And it was like tacky thing with like nautical flags. And I said, no, I'm not interested. You really ought to do it. And I figured I'd shut him up. And I said, I don't have the right shoes. So we mm-hmm. go back to two more stores, and he points down at the ground in front of this Payless shoe store. And I said, Fuck you. Now I got to get the dress. It was the gold lame sandals with little seahorse charms hanging off it. So I borrowed oh, a wig from goal. a friend of mine, and I came down to the cocktail party in this outfit. And I mm-hmm. walked up to the bar to order my first uh, vodka martini, which I needed at that point. And a lady walks up next to me and she's in exactly the same dress.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, so did, did he give no, her the no, dress no. or? She,
1: oh, it was just Evidently, this. she had gone shopping that day in that strip center next to the hotel. So we're in exactly the same dress. And I turned to her and I said, I see we both have the same taste in sportswear. And she's there like turning white. And I said, well, you know, mine's a joke. And at yeah, that point, like the- she turned away and she walked away. Well,
0: how embarrassing! Fast
1: forward several years later, I'm at the same meet of different year, and I'm talking to this really nice guy. And it turns out he's a mechanic, and he comes there to work on some of the cars from the guys who were in the West Coast. And he said, and I said, "Well, so it must be a lonely weekend for you because you're straight and you know nobody here is." And he said, "Yeah." He said, "A couple of years ago, I brought my wife." but she was so traumatized by this guy who was wearing the same dress that she had on that. She said, I'm never going back to this thing.
0: You gotta be kidding. No No way.
1: I'm not kidding.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That is too insane. That is so ridiculous.
1: Well, that's what it was. And of course, well, mm-hmm. one of the things, for instance, they theater theme one year. It was called Disco Obispo. It was in San Luis Obispo, California. And they took mm-hmm. an AMC Pacer back when those things were worth like $12. And mm. they glued about 10,000 miniature disco mirrors to it and put it on a turntable. So it was spinning all night while the music was playing. And that was the disco ball. Was this pacer covered in disco mirrors?
0: I love that so much. Pa- that is incredible. I think it's still
1: around. The last I heard, a few years ago, but uh, the Disco obispo pacer was still around. Anyway, by this time was totally tanked, and but and he was nude riding in the glass elevator with his dick pressed against the glass, just going up and down in the hotel.
0: Holy shit!
1: And we're there, like. This family was about to get into the elevator and it's like, I got to run interference. <laughs> Somebody uh-huh. had to get pants on him. Well, two days later, we had to go home. So uh, got a ride down to LAX and I go into the men's room with now he worked at an auto dealership at that point. He was a parts manager and he was going to go directly from the red from the red eye flight right to work. So he had to get into his jumpsuit for work. And we go into the men's room and he's staggering like this and like post, you know, pushing his hand against the wall. And he help me, I got to get into this thing. You know, so I said, stand up Mm -hmm. straight, sir. And he stands up and I said, now extend your right leg. And he does. And I get that leg and your left, sir. Now arms over the head. Meanwhile, there are two or three people watching this thing. And I zip him up and I said, Mm -hmm. very good, sir. The claret and the invitation are waiting in the car and Madame expects you no later than 8 p.m. And he nods and he walks out and I turned to the people. I said, a bit eccentric, but a fair and generous employer. (laughs) I mean,
0: listen, you got to do what you got to do. You know, clearly the guy Mm -hmm. was not going to do it himself. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, well. Uh, I think this is, this is a great place to, uh, to wrap it up. Um, your stories have been absolutely enchanting. I feel like I've learned so much about the Car Gay community that I did not know. Lots, lots was elucidated.
1: Now, when you say Car Gay community, I have to reiterate, David. Yes. Okay. The Car Gay community today is mm-hmm. nothing to do with the Car Gay community 30 years ago. In other words right, right. in general the behavior is far far tamer the needs right. for outrageous behavior are tamer first of all most of the old fashioned gay resorts are no longer nearly as gay were wild because everything the bars were replaced by apps so mm-hmm. True. what i'm doing is i'm doing my version of what it was like a zillion years ago Now, of course, then there are all the other stories about everybody who we knew who died from AIDS and what it was like taking Mm -hmm. care of friends and people who were kicked out by their families. And there was fantastic and there was horrible. And Mm -hmm. there was like no middle ground. It was like full out or stop. Full Mm -hmm. off. Very, very all or nothing. All or nothing. So Yes. I will leave you with one final story. And that is in the old days, the gay pride parade in New York was more ad hoc than it is now. Like you'd show up and you'd find a group that met your worldview and you'd just march with them, and Mm -hmm. all different types of groups. So one year I came there and they had a group called church ladies for safe sex. And it was a group Mm -hmm. of guys dressed as church ladies who were handing out condoms and information about safe sex. You know, I was going to say very serious message, but fun. And in those days, you could have a vehicle in the parade, you know, with just a regular contingent. So Mm -hmm. parade was marked went in front on Fifth Avenue, and in that era, it would go in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral, which in the '90s there were always protesters about you're going to rot in hell, you're going to do this, repent, and so forth. And one of the Mm -hmm. church ladies, Miss Phyllis runs up to the protesters, hands them a leaflet and says, Satan will possess your soul and take you to Bergdorf's. And I figure, (laughs) how are you going to improve on that? Yeah, so charming. (laughs) Well, thank you for letting uh, a geezer share tawdry stories from the distant past. Oh, this has been absolutely enchanting. Like I, this has been so.
0: Thank, I, I'm so thankful to have you on. My pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: And I can't wait <laughs> till you come to Philadelphia.
0: Yes, I'm very excited to hear more stories with Duke in person when we come and meet you in Philly. Yeah,
1: well, there are lots more. <laughs> Clearly, so yeah.
0: I feel like I like, even though we've we've covered so much ground, I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Well,
1: and again, it was it was beyond crazy. I am. Well, I mm-hmm. will say that given the choice between now and then, I vastly prefer now because uh-huh, of the fact. You know, and, and an example of that is about a couple of years, two year. What is it? Two years ago, when Boot Edge Boot Ed, Edge was running for president, and I was at a mm-hmm. street fair, and one of his operatives was handing out stuff and stickers, and I walked up to him and I said, "Do you realize what an achievement this is?" And I said boot edge edge made it cool to be boring and he said what yes. and i said in my life i've gone from invisible to fabulous to boring this is an achievement this is an achievement where it's a nod and like oh yeah and mm-hmm. that is the difference that is what's so fantastic." About frankly, growing up today, about having instant information about anything, about not being isolated, about not having to go into a city to find a gay newspaper, not having to rent a post office box three towns over for correspondence. If you're trying to meet a guy and you don't want it to Mm -hmm. show up in your mail, you know, exactly. That that garbage is over. Thank God. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was once on a trip to Taipei and I was in a gay bar there and I met this really nice couple. And one guy was ethnic Chinese who had grown up in Taipei. The other was an American Anglo. And they had to live in Taipei because they could not get permanent residency status for the partner. Mm-hmm, right. So they would take a visa and they'd spend several months in the United States but they had to have their life and their business in Taipei. And what's right. fantastic now is that's not an issue. I mm-hmm. have a friend right now met the love of his life who came from Germany. Well, guess what? They just followed the normal procedures for somebody who is getting married to an American and wants to become an American citizen. Done. That's mm-hmm. process. Yeah. That's what was so wonderful. Exactly. It's it's really a privilege
0: and like it's really hard to, you know, I, I appreciate that when you're, you know, fucking 27 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on and educating us uh, us younger kids who have a lot of privilege in that respect about, uh, you know, all the debauchery and all the all the stuff that we missed out on.
1: Well, what I will say is that you missed out on that. You missed. Good thing is you missed out on the debauchery because of why. What I yes. will say is something told me many years ago. She said, never underestimate the therapeutic value of a good fuck. <laughs> and I and my yeah. friends took that advice to heart, and I hope that young uh-huh. people do as well.
0: Yes, if that is that is uh, if I that is I think the most important message to to leave off on mm-hmm. is never underestimate the value of a good therapeutic.
1: fuck. Therapeutic. It's therapeutic. therapeutic. Thank yes. you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun. And thank
1: you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All righty. Take care. Thanks for listening to part two of our two-part special. If you want to hear more from the Strawberry Boys, check out our social media links in the description. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube or on the podcast apps, please consider doing so. Take care and see you next Tuesday.